So uh, this morning, I kind of want to um, carry on just a little bit some of the, of just what happened last week through Pastor Bonani. And I, I know not everybody was, was here last week, but we had Pastor Bonani from Barcelona. And so just for those that were here but didn't catch that it's not speaking about Barcelona in Spain, it's actually Barcelona in Guguletu, okay, um, just outside here in Cape Town. Close to the airport, there was a couple of people that said, Barcelona, wow, you know, but it's actually in, in Google Latin. So, um, <laughs> yeah, um, but he was, he's got an orphanage and he's been in ministry for quite a number of years um, and built the church there and just such a man, like you can see the hand of God just on his life and um, just in the room, there was very few dry eyes just hearing his life story, how he's following God. Um, and a couple of things that I just felt like I want to just take out from, from that time is actually, and, and it's going to kind of springboard us into, into the rest of the morning, but you hear his story and you hear how God has spoken to him and how he could hear God's voice, but then when God spoke about certain things, he was almost like reluctant to follow where God was going. He, like, he knew that if, if he goes to Barcelona, a dangerous place, that God is going to send him there to build. But he didn't want to. So he kind of tried everything. And he said, like he didn't speak to his wife, tried to not uh, kind of get into details with her. And all the way through, God just came with his word and spoke to him. Up until eventually, he came and he went into Barcelona, and he started doing what God was wanting him to do. And it's so, for me, even in my own heart, and I know for each and every one of us, we know that these moments and times that God speaks to us, but actually we're reluctant to want to listen to him. We're reluctant to go like, I know if I'm going to take what God is saying, that it's probably going to take me to a place where I don't want to go, to give what I feel like I don't have to give, and to lose what I feel like I don't want to lose. Amen? Does any else, anyone else feel like that? I feel like that? Anybody else? Amen? See a couple of hands reluctantly. <laughs> but in that place, and looking back at his life, for us sitting here, seeing his story playing out in his white Hyundai, Okay, your white Hyundai can move. Um, but seeing his story play out and hearing him share just what God has done, we can see a man that has done amazing things in the Lord. Feeding orphans, taking care of them, bringing them into their, into their house. Little children that people do not want, being thrown away, being given new hope, being given a new home been giving, given love and discipleship. And this beautiful picture of Uwam. Uwam was the boy that one of their first 
boys that came to them. Today, Uwam is 21, 22 years old. And he's like grown up into this man that serves God, that, that wants to follow in his father's footsteps, who is not his biological father, but and not maybe even his father on paper. But there's been a fathering that happened. And we see this picture and we go, wow. <laughs> like I was severely challenged in that. But then he said this thing. Throughout all these things that he did throughout this, this orphanage, the, the lives that was changed, the stories of God's provision and the things that happened, we hear him say this. Not look at what great things I've done, but actually I've learned to listen to the voice of God. And when he said that, <laughs> my heart was just like, Ew. And it's oftentimes the things that we think it's these big things, these great feats, these great things that we can show people, look at what God has done through me. Look at what God has done here. And I've been the instrument. And yet the thing that he holds on to, the thing that is most precious to him, is not the things that he's seen God do, but it's the fact that he's able to have heard the voice of God. And that he's learned to listen to it. Learned to follow it. And then when you hear him, he didn't share much of it. But he spoke about not listening to the voice of God and what that cost him. It cost him his son, the life of his son. And I'm not going to go into that story now, but that is significant. I mean, who here of us kind of go, I didn't listen to God and I lost my son. That is like, but I'm still serving God. I didn't give up. I realized I didn't listen to his voice, and it cost me my son. And we kind of like go, but what about his son? What about, and it's all these things that play out. And today, I want to ask us, where are we with the voice of God in our lives? Or does it need for us to come to a place of where we lose our son or we lose something dear in order for us to take note of the voice of God that is speaking to us? The voice of God that is calling to us, that's wanting to lead us into a place of himself. Where are we? And as Pastor Bonani was speaking, the story of Jonah came to mind. And Jonah was a prophet. It says in Scripture, son of Amittai. Now that word Amittai means son of my faithfulness. And that faithfulness is actually the faithfulness of Yahweh. And so Jonah was a man that was known to, throughout Scripture, a couple of, in two kings, we see him being mentioned. He has a book of the Bible that, that people don't know who wrote it. Kind of, they think it was Jonah because of all the details that's in the book. 
But in the Old Testament, we see actually that Jonah is seen to be somebody that heard God and what he said that God said came true. So it's a man that at the proof of his life is that he has heard God and when he spoke about what God has said, that came to pass. Now that's an amazing thing to realize like that is what my life is um, classified or connected with. Is that whatever I say, God has said, comes true. And with that tag on him or that label of like a faithful prophet, we come to the book of Jonah and we see something a little bit different. We see actually a man that in that space that was reluctant to listen to the voice of God. And this morning, I want to come a little bit into that. See, our view of the book of Jonah or of Jonah is Jonah and the whale. And so that's kind of what we know about Jonah, Jonah and the whale. Just a note, it wasn't actually a whale. Okay, so just... It was just that they say God prepared a fish, a great fish. It had to be a great fish, a great big fish, okay? But we know the story as Jonah and the whale. And kind of it's the big thing of God brought this whale and it swallowed Jonah and then all of a sudden Jonah was faithful. But there's so much in this book just five chapters long. It probably will take you about a half an hour, give or take, to read. If you listen to it on audio Bible, it's really like 10 minutes. Um, but there's so much in this book. And this morning, that book, I want to just pull out a couple of things, because I believe that for us and where we are at as a church and what God is speaking to us, it is needed for us to take note of what God is saying. Just like Pastor Bunani, just like Jonah, it is possible for us to actually be reluctant to listen to the voice of God and actually go our own way. And so when I come to the book of Jonah, I don't see Jonah and the whale and a great story. I see a great God, a big God. A gracious God, beyond understanding kind of gracious and merciful, that created a great fish to swallow a man, keep him alive, and spit him out three days later. So it's not about the fish that's great, or Jonah that's gone through this great and amazing experience. I can't think it would be an amazing experience being in a fish. That would be a nightmare to me. But it's... Wow, look at what God has done. God is able to take a disobedient, hard-headed, Afrikaans has got a good word for it, a hard bum kind of man, and be so gracious with him that he does this amazing feat that still till today, people wonder, how did that happen? People atheists and when there's any kind of thing about like these stories that's happening in the Bible, these are one of the stories that people just go, it doesn't make sense, it shouldn't make sense, and we think it's actually like fairy tales, like Marvel and DC. 
just fairy tales for the old days. But actually, it's God that did something amazing. Amen? So, let's dig into it. So, we're going to go in Jonah 1, verse 1. We're going to just read there for a couple of scriptures. So, you can just, there we go. It's now the word of the Lord came. Okay, that's important. Now, the word of the Lord came, the voice of God came to the prophet, okay? To Jonah, the son of Amittai, saying, Arise, go to Nineveh, the great city, and call out against it, for the evil has come up before me. But Jonah rose to flee to Tarshish from the presence of the Lord. He went down to Joppa and found a ship going to Tarshish. So he paid, for the, they paid the fare and went down into it to go with them to Tarshish, away from the presence of the Lord. So, story. Jonah, the prophet that hears God, and you know that he hears God because when he speaks, it happens. Jonah comes, and God comes to Jonah and says, Jonah, arise and go. And Jonah arises, and Nineveh is that way, and Tarshish is that way. And Jonah stands up, and he says, okay, and he goes the wrong way. Because in that moment, he was faced with the word of God, and he didn't want to go. He was reluctant. Now, if I've got to ask a question here and go, who of us want to run away from the presence of God? Who will put up their hands? Okay, one. Okay, we'll pray for you. Two, we'll pray for you also afterwards. But generally, the desire in our own hearts is, God, we want to be with you. Amen? I want to see God unfiltered, like nothing in between me and him, I want to see him, be with him, be there, right there where he's at. I don't want to be in the place where God is not. Is that the amen from, from us? Who feels like that as well? Like that's a deep desire in your heart. You want to be with God. Amen? That's why we are here. It's because we want to be with him. But here Jonah knows God, knows his voice. And in that moment, he actually goes, I want to go as far almost as the east is from the west, away from the presence of God. Sure. And then he goes to the port. And there by the port, he finds somebody that says, Tarshish. And like people don't know where Tarshish is. So much so that even now, today still, people go like, they think it was kind of like on the other side, completely away from kind of the known world, away from Nineveh. And he wants to go there. So I want to ask us this morning, 
What is there that God has spoken in your life? We've spoken clearly. Where's your Nineveh moment? God has said, Gerbrand, arise and go. Rob, arise and go. And in that moment, when he says, arise and go, you see Nineveh, and you go, I need to run. And I believe for all of us, for me included, there's things in our lives that causes us to want to run away from the clear words spoken by God. Not wanting to give it up, scared of what we might find, scared of what it's going to look like, scared of what it's going to cost. Because if there's anybody that knew that when God said go, that it will happen and that God will give him whatever he needs, it was Jonah. But yet still in that place, the reluctancy comes up inside of him and he runs away from God. How often do you resist the, vo- the word of God in your life? Just like John, just not Jonathan, Jonah. <laughs> How often do you resist it? Can you think of a moment where you've resisted the voice of God? See, when we look at this old story being played out, we see eventually he gets on the ship, and as he gets on the ship, There's kind of like a storm that breaks out. And in the storm that breaks out, these guys are going like, hey, what's happening? Where do you come from? What work is it that you do? Like, and actually the work that he does as Jonah is hear from God and tell what God is saying. But he doesn't actually ever in this passage answer them. And eventually they kind of pick lots and they say, no, the lot is falling on Jonah. And they take Jonah and they throw him off the ship. And here comes the fish and gulps him up. And then in chapter 2, we see Jonah come back to God. But everything in that situation brought Jonah to the place where he didn't need to be. To go through things that he didn't need to go through. All because he resisted the voice of God. And oftentimes I find even in our own lives, in my life, I know of moments where God has spoken. I didn't listen, didn't want to listen, and it ended up costing me dearly. Because in that moment, there was a place where I went like, I don't know, it's scary. I don't know, it's going to cost me to have to go somewhere where I don't know how I'm going to be received. Nineveh was that to Jonah. It was not a people that was welcoming. It was actually a people that was against the people of God. That's why God said to him to go there. It's like the evil has come up before me. Now, God sees everything and knows everything. So God knows what's happening in our hearts. And for a nation... 
to be so evil that it's like, you know, one of those pop-ups when you go to a website or whatever else. Like for, it's like on God's website, there's a pop-up going like, Nineveh is like really evil. These people need to be dealt with. And so God sends his man that he knows hears his voice. But yet the man is reluctant. See, but God has a purpose. God has a purpose for Nineveh. God often speaks clearly to us. But it's often in the clear part of Scripture or the clear part of what God says to us that kind of we stop and go, no, 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 God, it can't be this clear. It can't be this. It must, there must be something deeper. There must be something that I'm not seeing here. And we kind of search for all these things all because we don't want to deal with actually the thing that God said for us to do, to go and be. And we often come back to that place. Did God really say this? Maybe he said something else. Maybe he meant something else. Something like, pick up your cross and follow me. It's clear for us what that means in our daily lives. But yet every day we can wake up and we know I need to spend time with God. I know I need to get into His Word. You get into work and there's this situation where you kind of mean to kind of bend the rules a little bit, little bit or tell that small lie or not share the gospel of that you know that is within you. And actually the picking up of my cross. No, no, no. God understands my heart. God knows the things that I'm dealing with. So we see Jonah actually having that same thing and doing that same thing. It says, he, after God spoke to him, he went and he went to go to Joppa and he went to go find a boat. And so he's not listening to God. He knows it's here in the back of his mind. And he goes and he's looking who's got a, a, a boat to go to Tarshish. And he is a captain. And this captain, lo and behold, is going to Tarshish. It must be God's provision. God has provided. He understands my heart. He knows that I'm struggling. God will be gracious to me. Oh, Lord, great are you. How many of those moments do we have in our lives? Where we so easily misplace an attribute provision of God because of our unwillingness in our own heart to actually follow his voice. And so just like Jonah, great, God has provided a ship for me to not go to Nineveh. But actually in his heart he knows and he's unwilling to follow and take what God has done. But man, look at what God has done here. He's provided. And I know that across this room and in my own life, these moments where we've gone, oh, look, God has provided. I didn't want to do this. I didn't want to listen. But yeah, God has made a new way. God has opened a different door. And God works all things to the good to those who love him. He's opened up a new door. And oftentimes that new door, as we go through it and it slams behind us, we realize 
I've walked into a den of wolves. Walked into a place of where I'm going to actually lose way more. And I want to say to us this morning that I believe that there's some of us that's right in that place. Where God has spoken, we're reluctant to listen to him because we're scared of what it's going to cost. We're scared of what it's going to look like. We're scared of how it's going to challenge us. We're scared of what we might have to change. We're scared of where we might have to bring things into the light. And we've run to the thing that we seem like God has provided an out for us. And we're sitting in that out, and we feel like, man, the purposes of God has run away from me. And just like Jonah, when you read, he's on the, on the, the, the ship, and there's a storm, and it actually says God kind of called up the winds against them. So now you need to think, like they're in the ship, and it's a little like a ruiboiki, okay, because they tried to row, they threw things off on the side to try and make this boat lighter, and there's waves. Yesterday, I was, went surfing, and the surf was great for the people that can surf, okay, there's big waves there at the back, and I'm here in the front in the foamies, just trying to stand up on my board. And there's like a couple of waves that just so much strength. And the one wave just made me, it smacked me on the ground. And I stood up and I was like, I don't know where I am right now. So that's just a, so if you're not thinking of God has to call up the winds against you in a little boat, Yo, I would be not wearing white pants. And what does Jonah do? Jonah goes, it says he goes down and goes and sleep. You can see that depression, that heaviness, that something of a, ha, kicks in. But here we've got a different story. In Acts, Paul is on a boat. And on the same boat, well, not the same boat as Jonah, but on a boat in a storm. And it looks like things are going pear-shaped. You can say almost the same situation. But Paul is there on that boat because of an angel of the Lord that appeared to him. Also, the Word of God came to Paul. The message of God with the messenger of God came to Paul and spoke to Paul and said, go. Don't worry. You'll be safe. Don't be afraid. And Paul leaned into it. And so when the moment came that the storm hit the boat, what did Paul do? Paul stood up and said, don't be afraid. God spoke to me. He will bring us back safely. And the people were settled. Jonah goes, goes to sleep. Things are going crazy on the boat to the point of where the people go, hey, you, we need to get you off us, off this boat. And in verse, um, in verse 6, no, verse 14, it says, 
Therefore, they called out to the Lord, O Lord, let us not perish. Now, this is pagans. This is people that do not know God. Therefore, they called out to the Lord, O Lord, let us not perish for this man's life. And lay not on us innocent blood for you. For you, O Lord, have done it done as it pleased you. So they picked up Jonah and hauled him into the sea, and the sea ceased from its raging. Now, can you imagine that? Like, whoo, close call. But Jonah, man, like he was in the dumps, and even in the place where he went, there was like nothing left for him. And I feel for us, there's some of us that even feel like a Jonah. We know we've, we've heard God, we've turned away from him, and now we've been thrown, not just not being able to stand up in the storm and speak to the people around us to bring that word, but actually we've been thrown out into the water, and we find ourselves in the belly of a fish. Oh God, what has come of me? And so there's two things that I feel comes out of this story that I want to just show to us. And the first one is this, and I've mentioned it early, is we mistakenly attribute the provision of God for a reluctance and an unwillingness to listen to the voice of God. The thing that we can see is that the God will always provide for us, and oftentimes not in the moment, but as we go. As we go to Nineveh, God will give us the way. As we lean into Him, God will give us the way, the provision. But see, in this, I see the story of Daniel and his friends. Where Daniel and his friends were brought in by the king because they refused to, to pray to the king. And in this place, the king brings them in and puts them into the, says he's going to put them into the fire if they do not bow down to him. Shadrach, Mishrach, and a bed nigo, slop sack, meal sack, apple in work. That's how I remember it. But God brings them into the fire, and in the fire they say this. They say, whether God saves us or not, we won't bow. See, when we give in to the word of God. There's something of an anchor that anchors our feet. That regardless of whether God provides or does not provide, He still is, and therefore we continue to be. And there's something in that where I believe for us, where we need to say not just for us as a church or as a community or as a family, but as each and every individual, to come to that place of where we say, God, whether you provide or not, you are, and therefore I will be. You said, and therefore I will do. 
more and more are we going to see the days where getting that promotion or Scripture says even that on that day, the days will get so evil that we won't be able to even trade. Can you imagine that? You don't, won't be able to go to the shops and buy food because of how people will be against God. And you being for God on that day will be a decision of life and death. Now, we are not there yet, but things are moving towards that. And in small increments in our lives, there's either compromises or these places where we stand firm. And we say, Lord, we're going to trust in who you are. We're going to trust in what you have said. Regardless whether you provide or not. The word speaks and says that God's blessing adds no sorrow. And so often have I seen we believers, friends, even myself, where we run after what looks like provision only to find out that it was the enemy's way to just get us off the purposes of God. But actually when I look back, I go like from the beginning, God spoke already. God spoke already, I didn't listen. Because it maybe didn't look like I wanted it to look like. It didn't maybe seem like it's going to be as great as it were, what it was meant to be or what I have wanted. I want to say this, and I, I wrote it down. That there will always be provisions to help us resist the word of God, working out the sovereign purposes of God in our lives. The enemy does not want us to fulfill the purposes of God. For Jonah on that day, we see that characteristic coming through of where he went to Joppa. He found the boat to get to the furthest point away from Nineveh. The enemy provided. And took it. Because God called him, look, keep on saying Jonathan. Jonah, go that way. Second one. Well, let me just end off with this. I missed, just missed this point. I believe the purpose of, of God is there. But what's always going to be causing us to look choose against that is the seeming provisions of God. And for us, we are a people that follows the voice of God, and therefore we follow the purposes of God, not the provision of God. We follow what God says. And in the saying, that's where he actually makes everything work to good for those who love him. Because loving him is obeying him. Loving him is not resisting him. Amen? Second thing that I just see in the story for us. It's not listening to the word of God makes us powerless in the trials. 
And not obeying the voice of God makes us powerless in the time of trials to be able to stand firm and continue with God's purposes in the midst of the storm. In Acts 27, it's that story of Paul. And Paul actually said to the sailors, he said, I belong to God and I worship him. And then it goes on and it says, the word of God again came to him. You will go and stand trial. And in that he knew that he would be safe. For each and every one of us sitting here this morning, there are some serious trials and things that we are facing. And in this moment, I want to ask us, is there faith in our hearts that God will pull us through the storm? That God will get you to the other side. That God's purpose and His plan will not fade away. That you won't lose it. See, we can't lose the purposes of God. We take ourselves out of the purposes of God. We resist and we give away God's purpose is playing out in our lives. But we can't lose it. It stands. And so right now, in the moment where you are at, the, the challenges that you're facing at work, in family, in finances, we see more and more, we see just petrols going up. Inflation is going up. We see more and more things are getting more difficult. And in this time, the way that we spend our money, the way that we say what is important, what is not important, are those things based on hearing God or not hearing God? Because if it's based on not hearing God, we are going to find ourselves in the belly of a fish. Or at least you'll wish you were in the belly of a fish. Because all that it will do in us is it will make us like Jonah that just wants to go and sleep. Jonah actually offered himself as well. Just rather throw me over. Just rather, Lord, let me die. Like, just let me. And I know we say this, but the reality is these things are in our hearts. And unless we give ourselves to the voice of God, we will find ourselves in these situations not knowing how to stand. Not being able to hold on that which is not just a physical thing or a momentarily thing, but being actually able to hold on to that which is eternal. Because that really, Jesus is the only solid rock that we can stand on. There is nothing else. Through the whole of COVID, we've seen medical aid, insurance, like all these things that we thought these are the things that will stop, that will stop what, what's coming to me. It will keep me safe. We realized all these things, it's actually just, there's a big facade of safety in it. It's the voice of God that gives us faith. It's the voice of God that leads us to the place of where we find his providence. Providence that doesn't add sorrow. Are you hearing the voice of God? 
When we look at verse 17 in chapter 1, it says this, And the Lord appointed a great fish to swallow up Jonah. And Jonah was in the belly of the fish three days, three nights. And then in chapter 2, it's actually quite an interesting thing that, that verse 70, the word and, in some of your Bibles, it will have a footnote. That in the Hebrew chapter, it's actually something that's meant to be in the second. The second verse is actually, or the second chapter, is actually meant to stop with, um, and the men feared the Lord exceedingly, and they, feared the, they offered a sacrifice to the Lord and made their vows. They kind of throw him in the water. And it's like a typical episode of a season that you're watching where about something is to kind of just bring the finality of something. They just stop the picture. And they go, cool, see you next week. Just a funny, just something that I realized in it. God even has a sense of humor in that. Chapter 2, Jonah. What, what happened to Jonah? He was thrown over. What happened? God brought the great fish. Anyway, okay, you guys didn't catch it. It's okay. It's But in chapter 2, we see Jonah going through this whole process of where he's sitting in the belly of this fish, and he realizes. He realizes what he's done. I don't think that there's, there's a lower point than that. I always thought there's this thing in Afrikaans, virimboli, okay? Virimboli is like the lowest point. But right now, I think like he's got a worse deal than Viramboli. It's like being in the belly of the fish. Can you imagine the smells? And, the, and he's sitting in that place, and he realizes. He realizes how he has actually run away from God, run away from his presence, trying to resist the voice of God. And he repents. And he ends off in verse 9, and he says this, but I, with the voice of thanksgiving, it, I mean, he's sitting in the fish, with the voice of thanksgiving will sacrifice to you. What I have vowed, I will pay. Salvation belongs to the Lord. And he comes back to God. And it says, and the Lord spoke to the fish, and it vomited Jonah out upon dry land. And then in verse 3, we come again. And we hear this. Then the Lord, the word of the Lord, again, the word of the Lord came to Jonah a second time. Arise, go to Nineveh, that great city, and call out against it the message I tell you. So Jonah arose, went to Nineveh according to the word of the Lord. For each and every one of us sitting here this morning, I want to say that there's hope. That God is a God of second chances. God is a God that wants to get each and every one of us part of his plan and part of his purposes. And even though there's something in us that continuously wants to resist it, I want to invite us to say, God, I'm sorry. God, I want to come back and speak your word or live according to your word. Walk in your purposes. 
Because that is what God's plan is for each and every one of us, is that we would live and breathe and have our being according to Him, His Word, and His purposes. And something about Jonah, we can't wait for tomorrow. We have today to obey. And so with that, can I ask us if we can close our eyes? And as our eyes are closed, in Matthew 12, we see the story of Jesus. And he heals a man that is demonized, and he was deaf and mute. And as he healed this man, all the people looked at Jesus, and they were amazed. And the Pharisees came to Jesus, and they said to Jesus, or said to one another that he must be the prince of demons. Kind of trying to not acknowledge what he has done. And they start engaging Jesus and then eventually start speaking to him. And Jesus tells them a couple of things. And then in verse 39, he says this to them. But he answered them. An evil and adulterous generation seeks for a sign. But no sign will be given to it except the sign of the prophet Jonah. For just as Jonah was three days and three nights in the belly of the great fish, so will the Son of Man be three days and three nights in the heart of the earth. The men of Nineveh will rise up at the judgment with this generation. And condemn it. For they repented at the preaching of Jonah. And behold, something greater than Jonah is here. Jonah was sent to Nineveh. It says that 120,000 men repented and turned to the Lord in Nineveh. And here Jesus comes and he says... In our day, one greater than Jonah is speaking. And so on that day, even those Ninevites, they will come and they will condemn the generation that is here. And so we see something of God's plan and His purpose playing out. And I want to say to each and every one of us, where we are right here closing our eyes, that one greater than Jonah is speaking to us. And his plan for your life, for my life, his purposes for us as individuals, for us as a church, as a family, as a congregation, his purposes will stand. And he's calling us and inviting us into that. And great is his plan. Great is his purposes. And in this morning, I want to say to you, that no matter where you are at, whether you're still in the storm or whether you're in the belly of the fish, God's word to us 
is come back to me. Listen to my voice. Make space in your life for my voice. So in this moment, maybe Erin, if you can maybe just play for me. So in this moment, I want to ask us, where are we? Can we come back to God? Can we come back to His plan, to His purposes and say, God, once again, I will listen to your voice. God, I'm sorry for where I've resisted. I'm sorry for where I've tried to run away from your presence, tried to run away from the things that you have said. But God, I want to come back to you. Here I am. Ready to obey. If that's you here this morning, I want to encourage you to just in this in this moment, just do there in your own heart, in your own in your own way. Just offer up your prayer back to God. Say, God, here I am. I'm sorry. 